0: Testing, 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 testing. Do you read? We inhale. It's time for the Midday madness Sports Podcast. To episode 16 of the Midday Man of Sports podcast. Eric Miller alongside Noah Pegler. And thank you for joining us no matter where you're joining us or listening, whether we Spotify, Apple, Google, wherever you get your podcast, Noah Pegler, how are you doing today, sir?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Eric. I mean, the weekend could have gotten a little better, especially for baseball. I mean, why? The baseball was great this weekend. Hey, it was great for you, not good for me. I mean, it always stinks when we end up losing to the Yankees, but we didn't get swept, so that's what I'll take from it, but I'm still glad baseball is back and, and getting pushed forward. I mean, we're now playing the Tigers, and it's going to be a long season ahead. I mean, there's still another, like, 150 games to go, but how you doing, Eric?
0: I'm doing well. You know, I, I got to represent my Yankees today. Um, we won last night. We won against the Red Sox. It's been a, it's been an okay weekend so far. I got to watch most of the game at work. I didn't get to finish watching the game on Friday because, you know, I, I actually had to do my job. But I had the game on during the, uh, the day, during the kids were there. And then they kept asking me, what are you watching, Mr. Eric? Do you not see what's on me, you know? <laughs> do you not see? I'm wearing my Yankees, my Jeter jersey. I'm wearing my Yankees hat that barely fits me anymore, which really stinks. Uh, Apparently, I found out that I had my head is no longer seven one fourths. Okay. Yep. My head has grown. I don't know how, but my Cubs hat doesn't fit me. My Yankees hat doesn't fit me. They're both seven one fourths. I now have a big head.
1: Yeah, honestly, uh, that wouldn't even fit my head even when I was, like, probably 10 years younger. <laughs> like, I don't get fitted hats mainly because they, I would I would grow out of it so quick. Like, all the hats I have, they're all adjustable just because, again, I have a very large head. It Like, I would have to probably order, like, when it comes to, like, the largest sizes, it's probably, like, two sizes down. But that's, like, probably eight inches, I think, <laughs> or eight and, like, a quarter or something.
0: Yeah, I can't believe I actually have a big head now. And now people, I, I understand what people mean. Eric, you have a big head. I do. I, I should play some like sad music right now. Like, yeah. this is a moment of silence, you know?
1: <laughs> I'll get my tiny violin for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird because, like, and it's a collectible hat too. It's the Jeter patch on the side.
1: Oh. And it
0: man. doesn't fit anymore. It's so it's 2000, like
1: 2014.
0: Yep. Okay. <laughs> the patch has unfortunately come off. Several times. First time, my wife accidentally washed it and then dried it. Yes. Oh. She feels terrible. I I don't like remind her anymore. I'm like it's okay. We glued it. I think we tried to put fabric glue back on it. And on Friday, I put my sunglasses on, and there goes the thing. I was like, Oh no! I look down. There's the two just falling. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> oh, it's a sad moment. And yeah, uh, and then I, that was before I realized well after I realized my head was too big for that. <laughs> it's sad. <laughs> oh yeah. my weekend was fine. I haven't been dealing with allergies as much as most people have right now.
1: So. Yeah, no, I mean it's the flowers are starting to bloom and everything around here, especially now that it's stopped being like thirty degrees consistently. <laughs>
0: Even though we had a frost morning Monday morning at 6 a.m., and it sucked because I have to go to work at 6 a.m. And I'm like, it's too cold for this. I should be wearing shorts to work now. I should not be going in with sweatpants. And then I had to take the sweatpants off later and then change them up for shorts. Stupid weather.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can really be a pain sometimes. So I want to start off
0: with we were wrong with something, Noah. And it's happened last night in the play-in. Do we want to change our predictions now? I mean, Uh, I feel like we have to now. Because last night, there was a team that we did not give a chance to. I know I didn't give a chance. I think we both, no, we did not. We did not agree on this one. You agreed that they would win the eighth seed. They won the seventh seed. Okay. So now Memphis will be play playing against the Timberwolves in the opening round of the Western Conference or fi- er, playoffs, and now uh, L. A. Clippers will be playing for the eight seed game, the winner of the Pelicans and the Spurs game. So we were wrong in one way, but we could still be well. No, we can't be right either way now. So for the eight seed, because Minnesota is now that, wh- what do we do?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I still had Minnesota going in either way, but as So far do, you as, as, do you want to
0: keep that as – do you want to keep the Clippers as the eight seed now instead of the um, Pelicans or Spurs? Yeah, I'll give still, you this chance now to change I would, this.
1: I would still keep the Clippers in as the eight seed. I mean, last night's game was very competitive. I mean, I watched a bit of it, and I saw Patrick Beverly just being a pain in the butt as he normally is. <laughs> Which is, is. exactly like, I mean, who he is. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, you, you you don't like it when you have to play against him, but you love it when you have this guy on your team because you know he will get under the opposing team's skin. And that's what he was doing to Morris the entire night. He almost got him ejected. Initially, there was that double technical where Morris was already on a technical foul, but yet the ref reviewed it and they're like, nope, let's just give it to Beverly. And so that was the decision. And you look at it, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, He was in foul trouble for pretty much the entire night. He didn't even make much of an impact, only 11 points. And he only had eight, I believe, going into like the end of the third quarter because he was in, he had five fouls. And then most of it, D'Angelo Russell ended up with 29 points. And then Anthony Edwards, 30 points for the Timberwolves. And Paul George, looking at it for the Clippers, 34 points. Reggie Jackson with 17. I think the home court advantage played into this where the Timberwolves are now victorious, and now they get to play the Memphis Grizzlies, the team on the south side of the Mississippi River, because, again, you know the way the states line up, just right Right. along the river. And now the Clippers, I mean, I'm still staying with them as uh, the win the next play-in game as they will beat the winner of the Pelicans and Spurs. All
0: right. See, it's very difficult because I thought if the Spurs were, and again, it's kind of, I kind of go back to like March Madness. If it goes this way, then I thought the Spurs would have a better chance. Just like with Duke, if Duke or Kentucky or St. Peter's or anyone else in that East region, whatever region they were in South region was in the final four against Duke. Duke probably would have made it to the national championship game. However, it did not go the way that I thought it would go. North Carolina was a better team. And they played, and then they, when they played against them, North Carolina beat Duke, which makes sense. So now it's the same situation all over again. Three weeks, like two weeks later, where I thought if the Spurs could play against Minnesota, maybe they'd have a better chance. But after watching Minnesota, I thought the youth would get would catch up to them a little bit. But watching Patrick Beverly be Patrick Beverly doing Patrick Beverly things, getting in your face. Getting under your skin, making you feel uncomfortable, just making fit life difficult for you, which is exactly what he does. He did this years ago with Steph Curry, he did this years ago with Kevin against Kevin Durant while he's with the Clippers. Everyone should be used to this by now. But he they, they just elevate he elevates teams. And I don't think it's just him, I think it's the culture around them. And Minnesota is a better culture now than what they were five, 10 years ago. And now, it's it's the Clippers. And we don't even know if the Spurs are going to beat the Pelicans tonight because we don't know if, may, say, Zion actually plays tonight, which I don't think he is. But maybe what if he does? That brings a whole different element to what the Spurs have to plan for or plan against. Now, they have one of the best coaches of all time. But with Zion, that, that changes things. And you know the difference between the Spurs and every team that's in the playoffs right now?
1: Is it the fact that they have a losing record or?
0: That, that's hurtful, man. That's not where I was going with that. Yeah. Again, that's fine. No, but not, I wasn't going to say that. Look at the teams, like the Sixers. They have Harden and Embiid. Look at the, the, your Celtics, by the way. Tatum and Brown, right? Brooklyn. Kyrie, Durant, what are those players?
1: Okay, so you're pretty much saying that, yeah, that San Antonio has no superstars whatsoever. They have one star, not even a
0: superstar. It's a star in the making with Deontay Murray, and that's it. (laughs) And they still have a chance. Like, the Pelicans, they have McCollum, who's been here before and done this and have been in the playoffs once before. Now, again, whoever wins, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Phoenix Suns. Like, the Phoenix Suns are on a mission to change the narrative of what they started with last year and how their season ended in Milwaukee to get back. That, I, I Like, I want to pick the Spurs in this game tonight because they're only two games out from the Pelicans anyways. But I, it hurts me to say I think the Clippers are going to win. But I'm still rooting for the Spurs.
1: Yeah, I mean, you always feel that you want to root for Coach Popovich and the Spurs. This is one of the pretty much, I would say, lower-ranked teams he's had in the recent years. No all-NBA players. A lot of it's younger as well. I mean, it, it, you're finally moving on from even all the pieces. I mean, you had guys like DeMar DeRozan, and then you had Marcus Aldridge as well, just trying to carry it forward, but when you have no consistency in anything to form with this group, it was just time to move on, and yeah you, you can at least say you were better than this so-called super team of Los Angeles because that's <laughs> that <is> true <laughs> what they were supposed to be with Russ with AD with LeBron with Bradley i think they even had rondo at one point they had yep, Dwight yep. howard as well i mean too many <laughs> superstars jordan. yeah and i think jordan was there for like the 10 day and then that after was like, that like yeah a bad pass to the seats like all right i'm out of here <laughs> and then uh, oh that's
0: exactly how their season went oh <laughs>
1: Yeah, the Lakers just didn't do that well. And now the Spurs, I mean, this may just be a one-and-done situation for them. It sucks. I I hope that they win tonight.
0: And maybe they'll, maybe they'll surprise everyone. And because Kawhi Leonard isn't playing for the Clippers right now either, maybe that is a little too much pressure for Paul George.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel George is finally... Uh, Stepping up as well, at least for L.A. I mean, you th- got a lot of criticism because he didn't do much in Oklahoma City. It didn't flo- flow that well. And then he. Well, that, signed was that, it's
0: Russ- that was Russell Westbrook's team with Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. And then but then even when you watch like uh, Skip Bayless talking about him, he's calling him George Paul when he has a poor game and people were thinking, okay, yeah, is this really a good trade? Like, was it worth all these draft picks that we sent to Oklahoma? Because (laughs) they felt that this was supposed to be the team that finally gets the Clippers over the hump to the finals. I mean, they finally got to the Western Conference Finals last year, and they just still haven't gotten to the finals. Like, what is it going to take? I mean, they've brought in Ty Lue, they got Kawhi Leonard, but obviously Leonard out for pretty much this entire season. and. It, it doesn't help the team. It doesn't help the fan base either when you're just squandering opportunities.
0: That and both LA teams are not in the playoffs for the first time in a while. Like the Lakers have been in the playoffs every once in a while, but with LeBron, they've made it what they've, this is their second time they haven't been in the playoffs under LeBron James with the Clippers. They've consistently made the playoffs. Even when they had Patrick Beverly, they had uh, Lou, Lou Williams, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Doc Rivers was still there, even they still made it to the playoffs, even though they lost to the Golden State Warriors in the first round. But they at least made it, and they've had good teams. They just haven't had solid teams. Which also brings me back to the brings me to my next point: Who's to blame for the Clippers? Is it the players, or is it Frank Vogel? Is he being scapegoated for no reason?
1: For the Lakers, um, yeah. Looking at this. I think a lot of it could come down to the players because you're bringing together a bunch of different names, personalities, styles of play. I mean, even when I remember Russell Westbrook signing with the Lakers, people were wondering why, because just the fact that Russell needs to be a guy that holds on to the ball. And yet LeBron wants to try and make it work mainly because, you know, nobody's picking him up and they felt that this was probably going to be like, you know, a super team. The fact that, they were going to dominate the West and beat teams like the Warriors and the Clippers that they, people were thinking, you know, this team could be like a number two seed team. And we'll be mm. talking about how they'd be competing against Brooklyn in the in the NBA finals. And yet that didn't happen. And I think it's a little harsh to come down on Vogel in a way, in a way, I think it it's it, not all of it this could be blamed just on the players. I think just the fact that he wasn't able to at least scrap out a few wins here and there during the late part of the season, especially against key teams like the Pelicans. They, it felt like they were losing to the Pelicans like every so often, like during this final stretch because of the way the schedule worked out. And then, Every often you hear you look at social media, and it's like, okay, oh, the Lakers are losing by like 30 and it's halftime. And it's like, what is going on? And it just got so bad for the Lakers. And people think that Vogel should have been fired about at least earlier in the season. And they probably could have salvaged it or at least moved on, at least in a better way than what happened here. Because as a result, I mean, I know that one report was saying that Quinn Snyder, I believe with the jazz be just because of how they handled it. Snyder no longer wants to even be associated with the Lakers and their coaching search, because I'm just, Can't say them. Well. especially with uh, Plank staying around uh for at least the future. And may we'll see if he even stays long after LeBron is all set and done here in LA. And as a result, you, you see what, this team it falls on just the players not working together but then also whoever let russell westbrook sign with this team like seriously like <laughs> a, a, a really bad decision i mean i'm trying what? to know i mean is it, <laughs> he's gonna win Shaq a full mvp i'm calling it right now
0: <laughs> he's the new javel mcgee
1: oh <laughs> uh, yeah he won at least one Shaq and a full MVP, I think, in 2016 or 17. And I think he's going to win another one now.
0: <laughs> oh, man. There's only one team that's worse than the Lakers in their division record. Do you know who that is?
1: Uh, in their division record. So it's a. Well, so looking
0: at just divisional records, there's only like the Lakers are 3 and 13, the Rockets are 3 and 13 but there's only one team that is worse than both of those teams against their own, own their division.
1: I'm going to I'm, I'm going to guess it, it's the Pistons.
0: Uh, no. Okay. Surprisingly, the Pistons
1: have a better record
0: than the Lakers do. They're six and 10 against their division.
1: Okay, I don't even know this. Oh, wait, and there's one more other bad team. So the Pacers are
0: two and fourteen.
1: I was was thinking the Pacers as soon as like, yeah, if it's not the Pistons, it's got to be somebody in that division.
0: The Magic are three and thirteen. However, the team that is worst in the division or against their own division, one and fifteen record, is the Portland Trailblazers.
1: I no wonder they traded away McCollum.
0: <laughs> I was surprised they didn't get rid of Damian Lillard, honestly.
1: Yeah, there were there were a lot of rumors saying they wanted to get rid of Damian Lillard, but apparently a lot of – there would have had – I think the asking price was really high. I think the Pacers were probably asking for at least four or even five first-round picks. And What Damian, is the
0: NBA or the NFL with all yeah, the first-round picks?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Damian Lillard is a superstar, and, I mean, the, the Sixers – um were looking to possibly bring him in, but then at the same time they're like, well, we want Dame Lillard, but then also can you give us like three first round picks for Ben Simmons? That's what they (laughs) wanted.
0: No. (laughs) Ben Simmons is not worth that.
1: They they thought that he was mainly because they're paying him over like $120 million, like over like five years.
0: That was their first mistake though. Is actually paying that much.
1: Yeah. I wonder he should be Possibly back in the playoffs, I mean I saw sitting, I saw him sitting on the bench um in his green suit on the uh, the sideline,
0: <laughs> so yeah, the Brooklyn Nets will be playing against your Boston Celtics in the first round. How about
1: that? yeah, I mean people are already talking about it i I was watching the game yesterday and you could hear the Brooklyn fans chanting, we want Boston well,
0: <laughs> and, you got him
1: yeah, we got him, and they started they even played uh shipping shipping to boston uh by the dropkick Murphys uh, at the end of the game. And everyone's going to be talking about how Kyrie Irving, because, you know, he said that whole, you know, ex-girlfriend text and then he stomped on uh, our logo. uh, logo. Yeah. And you also got to think the Celtics have a former coach in uh, Aimee Udoka who was with Brooklyn for the past few seasons. And now he's our head coach. People are talking about how Robert Williams is injured and how if you're going to beat the Celtics, this is the best time because we're not at full strength. And this puts a lot more pressure on our older guys like Tice and Horford to try and shut down guys like Durant. And even it's going to be really difficult to stop Kyrie Irving when he's in his true form. And he's even fasting because of Ramadan, and yet he's still playing at uh, top quality for the NBA. He's got the and power of Jesus on him. It's going to be quite interesting to see this series. I mean, people are thinking that this could be an upset, but I think this is one series that can definitely go seven games.
0: Oh, yeah, this for sure. I think right now, if I'm looking at any, well, uh, maybe the Raptors and Sixers, only because the Raptors are feisty. They, they're a team that I don't think a lot of people have thought could get there. You know? Yeah, or I mean, could be in the fifth seed. Maybe low, like, maybe playing for the play in seeds right now. But this also goes to show that the East is much better than what it was five years ago. Like, all of these teams now in the East are above 500. Finally, the East actually is competitive. Whereas the West, you have two teams that are playing tonight, obviously, that are under 500, And I'm not saying the West is overrated, but you finally are seeing there's a lot more competition in the East than when there was when LeBron James was running it. Now the competition, it's pretty good in the East right now.
1: Yeah, you look at the way these teams were at least divided and then even diverse in talent. It also came down to the fact that there was a lot of injuries in uh, one part of the season for some of these teams, like Brooklyn was decimated mm-hmm. with injuries. Like you look at the way the Celtics played against Brooklyn. We got some wins against them, but that was mainly because they didn't have Durant. They didn't have Irving. I'm not even sure if they had Blake, Blake Griffin. They had all their bench guys out there on the floor. Yeah. I mean, that, that was even shortly before the James Harden trade. And then Cleveland, they had some key injuries as well. Cause Cleveland was actually doing pretty good. And yeah. they were missing uh Jarrett Allen. They said that he could be back for the Friday play-in game against either Atlanta or Charlotte. So that would at least uh, give them an extra man and key player back. But the East has gotten better since, you know, they're not being destroyed by LeBron James. And you can compete with the likes of Giannis and Jimmy Butler and even Joel Embiid on on a given day sometimes. And that's what makes it a little more competitive.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Because it's really two young teams and young stars with the Atlanta Hawks and the Charlotte Hornets going against each other tonight in Atlanta, and the winner plays against Cleveland for the eighth seed. And then the playoffs start Saturday.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a fun time watching spring basketball. As you know that that one Saturday, you like got games started at like one, and then going all the way to like eight o'clock at night.
0: No, uh, that goes till like midnight because <laughs> you got the West Coast teams.
1: So yeah, I'm trying to remember. I mean,
0: try to see when the actual plot, like what the uh, the time is of it. Let's see if we can find it in a second. But you know, going back to the uh, Lakers thing, I think it's a mix of both, and I think Vogel maybe should have done a little more. But I also feel like at the same time, who wanted Russell Westbrook originally? LeBron James. LeBron James is one of the greatest GMs. It's not an actual GM, but this is what happens when LeBron wants things. It doesn't work out. It, it didn't work out in Miami the first time when all three of them went to Miami and said, they weren't going to win one, not three, not four, not five. They won two. That was it. That's all you did. And it, and it felt like when they went to Miami, we were going to stay here Forever. And four years later, eh, I'm going to go back home. And then when he goes back to Cleveland, he says, I'm going to do it for my home. Now, unfortunately, the first time Kyrie was out, got it. You got to give him a pass for that one. That's not his fault. And Golden State was much better. But then when Golden State was an actual better team and LeBron was fully stacked and healthy and had all of his weapons, they were good. But what happened the next year? They get rid of people. Kyrie leaves. And you get more people like J.R. Smith and then the blunder in Game 1 of the, of the NBA Finals. What happened there? What you mean? <laughs> Sometimes LeBron James, when he wants things in the NBA, it, it's better in his head, but it doesn't work out after that. And this remind- is the one that wanted Russell. And Russell, again, is a good player. I do not consider him a top seventy-five player in the league. Maybe a top hundred player, but in that like diamond all-time seventy-five players of all time, I don't put him in that category at all. I think there's plenty of other players that could have gone before him, and he's unfortunately just a one-type of player. He's a slasher. He drives to the cup. He drives to the lane. He kicks out every once in a while, and it's and it's good. But when he does, when he settles for those jump shots. He can't make those. When he settles for those threes, do you ever look at when he's taking a three, how many people are around him? Not many, because there's a reason. They know his three-point percentage is under 30%. So they know out of every three shot, he's going to make at least one. You can live with that. That's not a good percentage for a slasher. You want to get to the cup. You want to drive in, and you want to get in foul trouble. Now, through-through numbers aren't that great either. I think they're above 75%, just barely. But he's, he's not a great player. On paper, everything looks great. But when you play it and then you, didn't have the right, you didn't have the right rotation, or now there's a story that said, Frank Vogel didn't really like me. I don't know why. Well, did you do anything to change that either? Because the road, the conversation goes both ways. Just because you don't like someone someone doesn't like you, doesn't mean you can't coexist. You can still always coexist. You can dis- you can learn to agree and disagree at the same time but still have the same mentality together like we're doing this for the team. That right there to me was the big reason why the Lakers didn't do anything this year was because it was about the star players and not about the team. That's why Greg Popovich is still one of the best coaches still doing this and Eric Spolster, by the way which I'll throw in, in there because they're always about the team. They're not always just about the 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 star. We're gonna get the star players and that's it. Greg Popovich doesn't care if you're a star. Eric Spolster doesn't care if Jimmy Butler's the star on the team. He gets in fights with it, but they agreed to disagree and then they leave it at that and that was it. And I think if if I remember listening correctly to the uh, the conference or the uh, press conference, Eric Spolster made a joke, like, yeah, I think we were trying to figure out dinner reservations that night or something. I don't know. <laughs> Like that, that's the difference between those two te- those teams and why the Lakers didn't get in.
1: So, to look at this with Russell Westbrook. You mentioned how they don't guard him on three pointers. I mean, you know, it's, it's bad when I think Jay Crowder's got a better three point shooting percentage than, uh, than Russell Westbrook. I mean, Rondo Jay
0: Crowder, probably has a better three point percentage and he never takes the threes.
1: Yeah, probably Rondo too. But then, Just looking at this, I mean, Russell Westbrook's reputation and credibility as a player is starting to just trend downward, Mm -hmm. mainly because he just hasn't been able to find wins. He's also just not looking as precise and even just conditioned out on the course, like at least in his uh, fundamentals in basketball. He's making so many mistakes that you wouldn't think a quality player who's ranked in the top 75 of all time would be making. Yeah, this is the guy that won MVP about seven years ago because of all the triple-doubles he got because it was considered amazing because I believe he was breaking through the records, even catching up to Oscar Robertson at the time, who was then known as the man with all the triple-doubles. So this is just not helping Russell because now he's gone to so many different teams. He's gone to to, to the Rockets and then now with the Lakers. And now there are rumors saying he might go to the Pacers Because, you know, the Pacers at least will take on somebody like Russell Westbrook and it would expand just with him running the floor.
0: And I don't mind teams giving him a chance. I think it's great. But there has to come a point when a coach or the players say, listen, Russell, this is what you're good at. This is what you are not. Let's stick with what you're good at and help you develop. And then we can help you develop the three or we can help you develop shooting better at the free throw or whatever it is. But that also depends on him. If he's worth, if he's wanting to do that, if he's not going to want to do it, then all right, we're only going to stick with your strengths. You're only going to play this amount of time because every time you do this or you hold the ball, the numbers go down and it's bad. We, we are a team. We're not the Russell Westbrook team. And I think LeBron James had the right intentions. Let's give this guy a chance. He is a great player. And I wonder if part of it is going back to what um, the late Kobe Bryant said about uh, Russell Westbrook years ago was that, man, he plays angry. And I love it. I love his intensity. I love his passion. There is no denying that he has all that with him. But if he could just work at his technique, if he could work on critiquing just a little details, which is why Kobe Bryant was so good toward Like from every year of his career, he just kept getting better because he kept tweaking things. Russell just stays the same. And eventually you're just going to flatline. You're not going to do anything. And it sucks because there goes your NBA career and it's, it's going to be a waste.
1: Yeah. And Russell Westbrook just needs to at least learn more about his game and then ultimately where he can fit in and build a team. And at the same time, probably find a stable home. I mean, I know in the NBA, let's face it, there's you don't stay on one team nowadays because yeah. it, it's, it's a rarity. You don't have the Dirk Nowitzki's where you stay on the Mavericks or Kobe where he stayed with the Lakers. I mean, even Michael Jordan didn't even stay with the Bulls, but that was mainly because, again, they said he's like, if Phil Jackson's not going to be the coach here, I'm out. Yep. That's just basically what he just said because Jerry Krause wanted to move on and – he ended up going to the Wizards as a GM coming out, out of retirement, playing for the Wizards. I'll just play. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, I'll play. This team's bad, so. I'm bored. <laughs> it, it, it would have been funny. He's like, uh, he's just sitting, you know, in the press box uh, eating uh, the food or whatever, and then he's like, alright, guys, I'm going to head out into the court. <laughs> and here comes Michael Jordan! <laughs> huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I
0: thought he was the G.
1: G-O. Oh.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Stands for go-to man. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, not GM. And it wasn't even a good Wizards
0: team. It was just the Wizards. That
1: was yeah. before they had
0: Gilbert Arenas. And Anthony uh, yeah. Jameson. Man, that was a team.
1: An Interesting team that didn't do much at all. <laughs> no. And especially against LeBron
0: James in his uh, first playoffs, I believe, or second playoff, They, uh, I remember... LeBron going to the arenas at the free throw line. And I remember they showed, LeBron was like, you better make these because you know what's going to happen if you don't. Sure enough, you missed both. LeBron went down, hit the game-winning shot, game over, and they ended up winning the series later on. Man. That was when I was in high school. It's weird. Too long ago. (laughs) Too long. (laughs) Speaking of uh, things... So, I've been trying to figure out which question of the day I should give you, Noah. Okay. Because I have, like, two of them. You're a golf connoisseur, though, right? You like golf.
1: I mean, I'm learning it. I'm working on a golf course now, so. Okay. So, maybe I'll stick with a
0: baseball one.
1: All right. So,
0: yeah, we'll do this. This player, although you might have seen this today. Hmm. This player hit a home run. Ha, oh, I'm trying to, hold on. Give me a second. You know what? No, I'm going to go with my golf one instead. Because uh, I'll go just. Ahead. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my, uh, my golf person. So on today, it was the 61st U.S. Masters tournament. This player won their first major title. Who was this? And I can give you at least the year if that helps you. I don't know if that's all right. Help tell me the now. year then. Nineteen ninety-seven.
1: Okay. Well, uh, you probably saw this.
0: I have a feeling you did because you're smiling right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to say t- Tiger Woods. Yes. Do you know who he played
0: against? Ah, uh, no. Okay. That's what I should have said. Tiger Woods played against. Or one against this guy. Okay, here's another question then. Do you know what the record of uh, strokes he had above, this, above Tom Kite?
1: Um, strokes ahead. Um, yeah. I'm going to say he was three strokes ahead. Final answer? Final answer. Uh-uh.
0: He was a, t- a record 12 strokes ahead of Tom oh, Kite in 97 full round total, 217 and a minus 18 is a tournament record for Tiger Woods.
1: Yeah, that's why uh, it was legendary when Tiger won the tournament and then that really catapulted his career being one of the greatest golfers of all time.
0: (laughs) And it's interesting too because obviously last weekend was the Masters. I didn't watch any of it because I I fall asleep to that stuff. I'm sorry. I want to get into golf. I just can't. But the fact that Tiger Woods was there, he was competing, to me, that's enough. He didn't have to win. He was just there. The fact that he had a major car accident, life-altering car accident, and he's walking in Augusta, he's shooting his shots. He's Yes, he's messing up, but he's still learning at, on the same thing. And it's, it was great to see and hear Tiger Woods is back. We don't know if he's going to be back for the next Open. I think he is. But it's it was great to see. And I don't think this isn't going to mess with his legacy. His legacy is already set in stone. Like when Coach K, made, if Coach K made it to the Final Four or made it to the championship game against Kansas, it's not going to hurt his legacy. His legacy is already set. He's already won 100 games in the tournament. What more does the, that man need to do? He's already won five national championships. What more does this man have to do? Tiger Woods has already won how many majors in his career, 12, 13, whatever it is, he's already done enough. And in golf, the best thing about golf, you can play till you're 70. <laughs> and yeah, then no. retire. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's the one thing about competing in a sport like golf. But, of course, I think Woods will probably retire soon enough, mainly because of the injuries. You you, you hear it every so often that, you know, back injuries, leg injuries that really stop a golfer because it's just – it tightens up the muscles. And mm-hmm. Tiger, even when he was taking warm-up shots, I believe I saw a picture. People were gathered around, wanted to see him uh, yeah, practicing. I mean, that's just – shows how popular the guy is, especially considering how he had, he only had won just a short time ago, a few years ago. That was still like a, a big deal when he won the masters after everything he had been through. And because of, of its prestige respect amongst the golf community and playing in Augusta, yeah. that was a big deal as Scotty Scheffler. I mean, he won this uh, yep. tournament and fun fact, Scheffler went to the same high school as Clayton Kershaw, and Matthew Stafford. In, in Texas. Texas. Yep. Yeah. I mean that that high school as apparently where sports legends are made, at least here in the <laughs> United States. And that that was cool to see. And for Tiger, I mean, you look at it, people talk about his greatness, people talk about his off the field issues, but you mentioned it. People are just glad to see that he was able to come back and compete once again in the Masters.
0: And I wonder if like some of it is because his name still has meaning to people that have watched golf young or old, he's still in traction. He's still going to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's one reason why he comes back to the masters and like CBS is like tiger. How you feeling? Yep. You feeling good. You want, you know, you want to pick up that golf club. You want to, you want to come, go on, go on. It's okay, buddy. We'll walk you through it. We'll rig it a little bit for you, just hot, just to make sure you make the cut. It's okay, buddy.
1: Got <laughs> to You got to get it for those weekend viewership audiences because it's CBS time. <laughs> CBS gets it on a uh, Saturday and Sunday because it was on ESPN for like the first two days. Yep.
0: So yeah. So I told Noah earlier on this week that we're gonna switch gears to our next segment. Um that we because baseball season is basically started this past weekend, we are going to predict our our um divisional winners, but we're also going to give our three World Series matchups that we would like to see this year. And I really want to see what you have. And I hope that, to God that we're not on the same page, which would be scary as hell, just saying. Um, but they're not in really a, well. Mine are actually in order of what I would want to see personally, Um, but I'm interested to hear what you would say for your first World Series ideal matchup of 2022. If you are ready for that, sir.
1: All right. Um Looking at ideal World Series matchups, just one. You got to think top. You got to think top quality team. So yeah, I'll go with my first one, and I mean I'll. I'll I don't really like this one, but, you know, it'd be good for the historical reasons, but then also just quality of talent. I would say Yankees and Dodgers. Dodgers because of all the the teams that uh, of all the players they have. But then the Yankees, the fact that they've been on the verge of trying to get to the World Series for like the last, I don't know, decade feels like forever. But this feels like history being made because I because I remember looking in the history books, Brooklyn, And the Yankees, they used to face each other so often in the World Series. And we haven't gotten this in a long time. I mean, I think they faced each other in the 70s Mm -hmm. as that was uh, during that time when the Yankees would win. But I feel that that would be one ideal matchup. And yet we haven't gotten it yet because we got like Dodgers, Red Sox, Dodgers, Astros. And it's like the Astros keep making it because, you know, nobody could stop them.
0: Gee, I wonder why. Anyways, I'll, I'll not talk about that right now. But I had the same thing, same reason. Um, the stars would be out in that series. Rizzo versus Freeman. Betts versus Judge. Uh, Cole versus Kurt. Or actually, it would be more Cole versus Walker Bueller because he's more the ace of the staff instead. Um, it, just all around the players that would be there. Yankee Stadium, Cold brisk October nights, L.A., sunny, 60 degrees, warm weather, whatever. You can keep it over there. Um, and just having, like, the history of these two teams, it, it would be amazing, just like you said, the history of it. The next two that I have are going to be out of the box. I'm going to go with my first one. At number two, I have Toronto Blue Jays versus the Philadelphia Phillies. I think that would be a fantastic matchup. First off, some of those players, well, not as much anymore, but some of Philly was Yankee players. Didi Gregorius was a Yankee shortstop. Great left-handed back who loved that short portion right. Um, unfortunately did say Joe Girardi, who who coached the Yankees, who was the manager for several years, who got them to the one World Series. Uh, But they also have one of the best outfielder or outfields in all of baseball with Harper, with Castellanos and also Schwarber. That right there is a potent lineup. The only problem I see now that David Robertson is no longer their closer, I don't know who their closer would be, but I, I would like the Phillies. I would like to see this matchup. And of course, you have Toronto. Uh, you have Biggio, you have Guerrero Jr. You have uh, George Springer, who's also, by the way, a New Britain, Connecticut resident, by the way, uh, who went to UConn. I've, I've been in his area. and I actually remember hearing about it in high school, which is weird, by the way. Um, Toronto lacks pitching, which I think would be a really funny dynamic for both teams trying to go against each other. One team has good starters. One team has a better bullpen. So that would be my matchup, my second matchup I would like to see in the World Series. What is yours, Noah?
1: I will say, I mean, looking at this one, I mean, this is a battle of the Midwest. It's the Chicago White Sox versus the St. Louis Cardinals. Dude, and the more I think about eyes. this one, <laughs> that this one would feel really good, mainly because you look at all the talent that lies on the Chicago White Sox. They have not made it since 2005. And here, they really got close last year. They just did not have a good form against Houston. or Yeah, against Houston. No. And then I say St. Louis because this is the last ride for these guys. Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina, and Adam Wainwright. And keep in mind, Chicago has Tony La Russa as manager. And he was a, lo- a manager for the St. Louis Cardinals. The fact that it meant that much. I mean, looking at this, this would be an intriguing matchup, even though you know it's not the most exciting of names with the Chicago White Sox, but I feel that would work out, and I think that's why I gotta pick the Chicago versus St. Louis.
0: It took mine <laughs> those was the only three that I had um yeah i I felt the same way because Larissa basically brought up all three of those guys. They started with them. They won two world series. In fact, their last world series was in 2011 against the Texas Rangers. Um, And I thought how great and how fitting would it be if their season ends against St. Louis in St. Louis in the world series game seven, where it ended in 2011. And I just thought that would be a great way to go out. Uh, LaRussa's new crew versus his old crew. Um, Oh man, it would be a it would be a great matchup. I feel like, um, yeah that that was my third one. So I don't, if you want to take over in the next one, I have no idea where you're going with this one.
1: Yeah, so this next one, I gotta feel that this is gonna be more of my personal one. Boston uh, Red Sox making the World Series, and uh, I would have to say against the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, it's ew. never happened before where the Red Sox have had to play the Phillies in the World Series. And then the fact that Philadelphia, this could be the revival of their love for baseball. It's been a while because it feels like they don't attend the games that often, mainly because they're either talking about how the Eagles are going to beat the Cowboys or how this year (laughs) might finally be the year that the Sixers get to the finals. We'll see about that. And then the, so also to think that, The Phillies, they have Kyle Schwarber, who was on the Red Sox. He didn't work out. He didn't want to stay. And also the fact that you look at so much talent with Boston, with guys like Verdugo, Kike Hernandez, and Boston was so close last year. If they just didn't collapse offensively in the ALCS against Houston, then we would have won those two games and could have gone back to the World Series. And for Philadelphia, they just need to make it back. And they got the experience with Joe Girardi and they got the, the competitive nature because I saw that against the Mets when they were trailing for uh, nothing and came back in that game. If they could just replicate that and even just push forward, even with Bryce Harper, like at some point, this guy has got to get to a World Series. I mean, it's unbelievable how this guy is considered one of the big faces of baseball in this day and age and yet just hasn't been able to finally get to a World Series. You know,
0: as I'm thinking about this right now, there's one other matchup I can think of right now. I don't know why, but I think it would be very interesting to watch. Okay. Minnesota Twins versus the Atlanta Braves. And obviously, we've seen this in the late
1: 90s. Early 90s, actually. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, early 90s, not late 90s.
1: But it was such a different team. I don't think the
0: Minnesota Twins will do it. I think they'll implode soon. But it would be interesting to watch that. That would be another one since you took my other two.
1: (laughs) So that's your honorable mention. I mean, here's actually my honorable mention. Toronto Blue Jays versus San Diego Padres. The back with so much talent with Vladdy Jr. with uh, Bo Bichette and all the guys up in. Toronto versus, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., Manny Machado, San Diego finally busting out of their shell that, you know, that they've been building for like the last like hundred years. <laughs> and yet they finally get to the, that long awaited world series, even though they've been just trying to build this up. So that would be an exciting matchup where somebody's finally got a breakthrough after such a long year of, of like drought. And so Toronto and San Diego,
0: all I- right. Yeah, I mean, i kind of actually happy that we had these two of the same anyways. Um, just my Toronto and Philly, I think, would be funny. But well, of actually,
1: to mention that, yeah, you mentioned Toronto and Philly. Rematch of 1993 when Joe Carter hit the walk-off home run in 93.
0: And also, I, I love how you have to make it the two worst fan bases going against each other in the world series, you, you would do that. So I'm just going to say that
1: (laughs) Uh, it has to happen at some point, Phillies and red Sox. I mean, we've gotten Patriots and Eagles in the super bowl twice. You would think we would at least get Eagle, we get Phillies and red Sox in a world series.
0: So if this does happen and how about this, the bet is, if this does happen, the winner burns the other city and that's it. We don't have to have that city ever again. Right.
1: Well, I think uh, Philadelphia would <laughs> even burn their city, even if they won. Um, <laughs> but then it, it, it's uh, like that SNL skit that they did when the Eagles made the Super Bowl. They're like, Philadelphia, just because the enemy doesn't burn down your city doesn't mean no you have to. to.
0: <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, it was. <laughs> All right. So because baseball season started last weekend, we get three times... To predict the MLB outcome, it'll be now, it'll be around the All-Star break, and it'll be September.
1: Okay. So this is
0: it. So, we only get three chances. Maybe if we can think of another way, another time, maybe after the All-Star break. Well, no, at, after trade deadline. If I was we want to say trade deadline, yeah, trade deadline. Yeah, if we want to change anything, we can. That'll be like an honorable chance to do it. Yeah, Other than that. Like We have to stick with it.
1: Yeah, just in case, you know, the Yankees somehow get Justin Verlander at the deadline.
0: (laughs) That'd be great. They should have got him like four years ago. It was stupid. (laughs)
1: Anyways. (laughs) All right. I'm going to write this down. I got my
0: notepad. I got mine already written down. So we're not doing this on the fly. This has already been done. I did this late Monday night. Okay. So here we go. Your AL East uh, winner of the division.
1: Okay, so so this is for our first uh, guess. Yes. Prediction. Okay. And um, for me, I would have to, saying off the bat, I would say the Yankees win the AL East. Okay. All right. I say the Rays. Okay, Tampa Bay. (laughs) Yep. I
0: think, I don't know what it is, and I don't know what they're drinking in Tampa Bay, but, man, is it working the last couple of years? And they've been a thorn – and the Yankees and Red Sox side. And even though they didn't they just get rid of Austin Meadows to the, the Tigers last week.
1: Yeah. They and traded it, him right around before opening day. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's still not going to matter because you know what they had blit. Um, who their one not Snell. Um, who is their main guy right now? I can't think of him. He's got long air. Um, he came from the pirates. I just saw a post about him the other day. Uh He's a really good pitcher. It's
1: not Glass now, is it?
0: Yes. Tyler Glass now is is going to be the ace of that staff. And I don't know what it is, but that team is just – they're good. And once they get around August, September, that's when they're going to go on their big rise and they're going to take over that division. I think the Yankees will be there for a little bit. Man, I just feel like Tampa Bay Rays are going to take it. They've been here. They've done it before. The Yankees have only done it once. It's it's kind of it's really sad. In the last five years, they've only had the division once. They've been in the wild card games. Oh yeah, I, more than that. What was
1: Which that? Is, 2019, right?
0: Yeah, 2019 okay. was the last time they made they won. What was it? Yeah, it was 20. Yeah, because 2018 the Red Sox won it. 2017 the Red Sox won it as well. So no.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, NL East. NL East. Uh, this one was kind of tough. I mean. No because I, there are so many teams that could come out on top. I mean, whether it's Atlanta, Orleans, York, then, yeah. or Philadelphia. <laughs> I wish. I feel bad for <laughs> the Marlins. I mean, the, the, this team just can't catch a break. I mean, they you win three World Series and you get so much talent. They had Real Muto, Ozuna, Stanton, and Yelich all on the same team, and yet just sent them away. And Jeter's like,
0: guys, you got you got to go.
1: <laughs> and yet here they are do, doing well in other teams. Yelich has even gotten MVP, and oh. so for this one, I was gonna. I'm going with more of a bold pick. It's got to be the Phillies. I'm thinking the Phillies to win the division. I think that this year with a good lineup and as long as the pitching is at least somewhat stable, it doesn't have to be perfect, but Mm -hmm. it's stable. I think that they'll get it done this year. And as long as they're healthy, because as long as they're healthier than the Mets, then that's all they need. So I'm going with the Phillies.
0: (laughs) I got the Braves repeating. I think the Braves are the safe pick and their best pick, even without Freddie Freeman. I still think they're the better team in the NL East. Um, yeah. For the West, I'm gonna go. I got the Astros in the in American League. I don't think the Angels can compete. Okay. I don't think the uh, the rain, I think the Rangers will make it close, but I think with Athletics now that they got rid of and they've gotten rid of several players. They're in complete rebuild mode. So I have the Astros winning that one.
1: I looked at the A's and couldn't believe that they were scrapping this team again. I mean, it feels like we're just waiting for them to move to like Vegas or wherever because <laughs> Somewhere that, that, that else. Sta- yeah, that, that stadium is just terrible. The payroll is like under 55 million. It's like half of that. I mean, that's like the money that like, Aaron Rodgers is going to be making this year just to play for the it's Green Bay Packers. Year. And that's just for <laughs> one guy. And looking at this, I'm I'm sticking with Houston as well. Mainly because yeah. you look at the you look at that division. Texas, they spent a lot of money on two guys. Like, where, like, what else is the team supposed to do? I just don't see Texas doing anything. The Angels, I mean, unless the pitching shows up, I mean, it doesn't matter if you have Otane and Trout. They didn't get it done last year. And then you look at Seattle, they'll be competitive. But it's not enough. Yeah. It's just not enough. Houston still owns that division. And so I'm picking the Astros as well.
0: Yeah, I think with the Angels, and like you said, it's always their starting pitching. It's never it's never been their hitting. It's just been pitching. And they proved this back in 2014 when they had the best record in baseball and Kansas City wiped them out and swept them out of the playoffs three games in, three games out. And it's like best team who? Best record what? Goodbye. Yeah. And I, I don't, we can get into this topic another time, but I don't get the hype of Mike Trout. I just don't get it. I've never gotten it.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we had to discuss that in the show. It's definitely a good topic. We can talk about that another time,
0: but I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, the West and the NL Dodgers. Uh,
1: Dodgers. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. There's really nothing else that needs to be said. I mean, as long as they stay healthy, like yeah. they could get injury prone, which I could see it a little bit. But I, there, there's no way. Maybe the Giants, if they got in a hot streak like they did last year, that would be they the could.
1: only. But it just depends on all their talent as well, because they lost Posey and uh, they, I think they lost another guy on their key roster. It's just. I just don't know if this is going to be the same team, at least on the same competitive level.
0: Yeah. Central. Who do you got?
1: Which one? AL or NL? AL. Okay. We'll start with AL. Um, I mean, that you look at some of these teams, you always think like Minnesota is going to pull it out. I thought they were going to do that last year. I think I was merely disappointed because (laughs) they were a huge letdown. I'm going to stick with Chicago just because of their solid lineup And I think that they'll make some. I think they're going to be another team that's going to be making moves at the deadline, especially with their pitching rotation to compete with teams like the Yankees and Astros, knowing that that's what's going to be at stake in the AL.
0: Yeah, I picked the White Sox too. Tim Anderson, Eli Jimenez, um, just so many good guys, and just watching them grow together. And then Johan Makato as well is another name that they're They're just so good, and they have that young future, which I think it's it's perfect for LaRusa because it's almost looking at the old St. Louis Cardinals with the new Chicago White Sox. Um, your central team in the national league
1: this one I mean, I could have gone this the a tough Milwaukee one or even some other teams, but like i'm I'm sticking with St. Louis. I think uh-huh. this is the most experienced team and they still got lots of talent of Arenado, Goldschmidt, and then the fact that you're bringing in the knowledge of Wainwright Wayne Wright still, along with Yadier Molina, and even Pujols can help with the DH position. That's going to at least uh, boost it. That, that's the other thing to consider now, the, the fact that the National League has a designated hitter. That yeah. level that levels the playing field and helps out helps them out to compete against the American League, especially for top-quality talent, because that allows big hitters to now move into the national league. And I feel that St. Louis, they always know how to compete. This, St. Louis has actually been, in my opinion, one of the top franchises in baseball, just because they know how to reconstruct talent and mm-hmm. continue to try. And at least they can rebuild in a short amount of time. That's just, yeah, how it, yeah. that that's just been their MO. And so I think St. Louis is going to win the NL central.
0: Yeah, I could see St. Louis winning. I have them winning as well. You bring holes uh, back. You have Wayne Wright. You have Molina. Those three guys know each other inside and out. I completely agree with your statement about them, about the Cardinals being the, one of the best teams in all of baseball. Since 2000, have we not seen them in the playoffs? It's been difficult to not see them in the playoffs.
1: I think there's only been a few times. I mean, that. Well, after um, Matheny left, like there was a bit of a tough stretch where I think they missed the playoffs like three times. But then from like 2019 to 2020 and then to even uh, last year when they went on a long winning streak and ended up in the wild card game, mm-hmm. that, that was pretty much uh, with the St. Louis Cardinals. But they, they don't really miss that often.
0: No. Nah. All right, so we have the East, West, and Central Divisions already figured out. Now it's the wild card teams. Okay. This is where it gets really interesting, by the way. Um, Your first wild card team in the National League.
1: The National League. Okay, so this is my first one. I'm going to say the New York Mets. I feel that okay. with that solid pitching, it should be enough, but I just didn't think it was enough to win the division, especially depending on... If uh when they get the Grom back, because he's not gonna be back for at least another two months. So this yeah. could be a bit of a bumpy ride for the Mets, but I still think that this year is gonna be a year where they finally make the postseason.
0: Okay. I have the Philadelphia Phillies because I have the Braves winning the division. So I have the Phillies making it. And I agree I do have the Mets as my second wildcard team. Um because now the first two seeds in baseball, which I, I really like this playoff format. The first two seeds get a bye, and then everyone else plays a three-game series. And then it's the five-game series. And then it's the seven and the seven once you make it to the championship and World Series. I enjoy that part of the new f- playoff format for baseball. I, I hated the one playoff game. I thought that was annoying. I think you needed more time. And, the like, I – I said this years ago, the first week of October should be just the beginning of, of baseball playoffs. The second week is the divisional. The third week is the championship, the fourth week, and into November, it's the world series. Perfect. You're not messing with anything. You're just building up and you're building the playoffs even better because then the matchups get deeper and the intensity gets more and more intense as well. So
1: yeah, and then even the fact that it at least adds two more teams because, I mean, there is there is a way of at least adding more playoff teams without oversaturating it mm-hmm. as adding too much.
0: All right, so your other NL wildcard team. We'll stick in the NL right now.
1: Okay, so you're, you said your two, which were the Mets and the Phillies, right? Yep, you just okay, said so. the Mets. Yeah, I just said the Mets. Uh, My other team is the one team that has been a letdown, and that's the San Diego Padres. I think this has got to be it. I mean, even... (laughs) I'm predicting that they're get the next the next spot down from the Mets, but even if it's the next spot down, like the last spot in, you gotta get in somehow. It's like this spot was almost made for you. You don't squander these opportunities, San Diego. Especially if you're gonna be spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars on a gold chain that you're <laughs> use when you hit home runs. I mean, come on. You you gotta compete against the LA Dodgers. And this has got to be your chance to get to the postseason. So I got the Padres. And my last
0: one is the Brewers. I have Milwaukee as my last one. Hmm.
1: So you got the Phillies, the Mets, yes. and the Brewers. Okay, yep. my, my last one is the Atlanta Braves. I still you, you mentioned that there's still some talent here, and I wonder how Ronald Acuna Jr. is going to be now that he is going to be more of the main focus. They, I'm, I was surprised when that Atlanta still won the World Series, and yet he wasn't him. even there. I thought they were done when he tore his ACL in July. I was like, wow, that is a big blow to the franchise. And yet they surprised everyone. They went out in free agency, got Peterson and other guys to build off of their momentum, and they went all the way to win that championship. But I still think Atlanta can still compete with the best of them, even if it's in a wild card. So that's my last pick, the Braves for the National League. All right.
0: So one more now I'm going to put this as a different category international league. Who is your dark horse team to look out for
1: dark horse team? So, I mean, you gotta, gotta think that it was probably one team that I didn't pick. And I guess it's gotta be the Brewers. I mean, Milwaukee, I, I feel that they still have some good quality players, but, it's all about how they perform, and they've been inconsistent at times. Like one year they'll win the division, the next year it's like, okay, we're in third place, and you know, I don't know how the season's gonna go. We're like middle tier, and we may be on the outside looking in. And so, I but I still think Milwaukee can still make some noise in a way. So I got Milwaukee as my dark horse.
0: Mine is the Giants, only because they they won their division last year handedly over the over the uh, the Dodgers. <laughs> But can they repeat it again? And that's why if they can, this isn't going to be a dangerous team getting to the playoffs and then going farther in. So I, I have the Giants as my dark horse team. Let's swap to the American League now. Uh, your first American wildcard team.
1: Well, you got to love these guys, the Boston Red Sox. <sighs> I feel that we are going to get to the wild card. I mean, this should be good enough talent where we are going to be in a position, even if we don't win the division yeah. because, you know, the Yankees are probably going to finally break through. I still think that Boston has all the talent and even the quality coach of Alex Cora to elevate their game. So I'm ta- I'm taking Boston into the Boston wild card
0: with his beard, with Alex Cora's beard, Boston. Yeah. Um, so I do have Boston as a wild card team as well. I think this should be, I mean, remember, Last week, or whenever we did the show with my World Series prediction, picked the Dodgers and the Red Sox. So, I guess I got to have them in, right? It it would kind of be terrible if I don't have them in as a World Series um, prediction. So, um, All right, so your next one. Okay, so the
1: the next one was a team that just missed the cut last year, and that was the – well, that is one of them, I will say. Yeah, Seattle finally gets in. And that they they finally that this added spot will break that long drought. They haven't made it since 2001, so I think that this finally ends that drought. But my other team, uh, this is my last one. It's uh the Blue Jays. I mean, okay. everyone's been talking about how Toronto's looking really good, and this time they don't have to travel from Florida to Buffalo <laughs> and then to back home in Toronto. And they and they finally get their own fans, full capacity. I remember I remember watching. Uh, I think. Uh, like MLB tonight. And they were talking about the fact that they finally get full capacity. It was like the first time since 2019. And here we are in 2022 as they finally lowered the restrictions. So Toronto with all its talent, Vladdy jr. And all the pitching, they got young Jin Ryu. This should be a very competitive team across the border. So I'm taking the blue Jays. All
0: right. So my, I have the Yankees as a wildcard team. Um, because that, that lineup is so good not to n- not have in the playoffs, even if they don't win the division, which I'll, I'll be shocked if they win it, which is probably why I'll keep them as a wildcard team up till September and then see where they are from that point. Um, And then I also have the Blue Jays as well. I don't think the Mariners, I, even if this format happened last year, the Mariners would still miss it by one game. So that's why I, I have – the Blue Jays instead of the, uh, the Mariners in it. So I have four teams from the American League East in the playoffs instead of the, the Mariners because I think those are the better teams over the Mariners. That
1: would be crazy if all four of them I mean, make it to the playoffs. Yeah,
0: and like obviously we know Baltimore is not going to do it. They're a minor league team in a major league world. They're, they're boys among men. <laughs>
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> it sucks to say, but that, that is the truth. Your dark horse in the American League.
1: Oh, uh, man, this <clears> is going to <throat> be tough. But if I had to say anyone, um, I'm going to go with the Tigers. I mean, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm gambling with the Detroit Tigers. I mean, second year under A.J. Hinch, they got Javi Baez. And depending on how uh, Torkelson works out as a young talent, there's been a lot of hype around his uh, possibilities with Detroit. And I'm, they, some people think that could, Detroit can surprise some people. They also got, uh, I believe, some free agencies if, uh, pickups during the season. I think they also picked up uh, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, from Boston. So he's a solid arm to add to their rotation. But I'm, I'm thinking Detroit.
0: All right. I the twins. If they can stay healthy and if they do not implode, in the middle of the season, which I feel like they're going to because they have all these talent. Carlos Correa only basically signed a one year and a player option every year after that for the next two years. If they do well, I think Minnesota could be, can actually be in the wild card race and knock out maybe the Blue Jays of this. But that's my, my dark horse team in the American League.
1: Okay. Yeah. I like our picks. I mean, they're pretty diverse with, uh, a Lot of our division winners, and I we even agreed on some of the obvious ones, like oh, yeah, the Dodgers, <laughs> the Astros, of course, <laughs> the St. Louis Cardinals. Yep, yeah, St. Louis is another one. <laughs> yep, so yeah, there's several
0: that we've uh we have agreed with, which I'm not shocked with. Um, but then you know, we'll we'll see what happens. And again, we're not gonna we're not gonna change this until should, now. I guess our next time should it be the all-star break or should we do it after the trade deadline?
1: I think it should be after the trade deadline trade deadline. All right. All-star break. I mean, it's a little inconsistent at that time. And especially knowing uh, which names are going to be on the move trade deadline would be much better. All right. So
0: next chance to win or to change this will be the trade deadline. And then after that, it'll be September if we want to uh, change anything else afterwards. Okay. So no, no, Bring us to our uh, This Day in History.
1: All right. So, yeah, today in the sports history, brought as this is uh, not a sponsor, but this is uh, courtesy information from onthisday.com. And there's a lot of things that went on uh, on April 13th. It as uh, it, In 1926, at age 38, Walter Johnson pitches his seventh opening day shutout. I mean, on opening day, that's why Walter wow. Johnson's regarded as one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And then moving forward, on this day in 1954, it was the first ever baseball game for Hank for Hank Aaron with the Milwaukee Braves in 1954. Hmm. Wow. Late, great Hank Aaron and then you also add uh in 1997, uh you mentioned this in your question of the day, Tiger Woods winning his first major title. So definitely a big part of this day in sports history and then in 2004 on this day in sports history you had Barry Bonds breaking uh the record uh for his uh or he at least passed Willie Mays his godfather but- for career home runs 661 on the all-time MLB list and then also in some I also look for some of these unexpected facts or even, you know, unique facts along the way. And in uh, 1997, the Hartford Whalers of the NHL yeah. played their last NHL game as oh. they, they moved uh, to another location as another team. And then you also had in 2019, Greg Popovich surpassed Lenny Wilkins to become the all-time winningest coach in NBA history with 1,413 wins as the Spurs ended up defeating the Denver Nuggets that day in a playoff game, 101-96, to as that was two years ago. But that was this day in sports history. A big thanks to OnThisDay.com for providing those facts for us.
0: It's great, by the way. The Hartford Whalers still sell out their merchandise in Connecticut.
1: Yeah, I mean, I see everywhere you go in the NHL, you still see somebody wearing a Hartford Whalers jersey. I believe they became the Hurricanes in Carolina, yep. and I believe, and I think, every so often they might wear them as a way to respect the original franchise. I mean, they
0: should. They
1: they do they do that every so often with due to the fact that they have so many teams moving locations, like uh, the Colorado Avalanche do that with uh, the uh, it was the. Nordiques from Quebec I believe oh God. and then the Atlanta Flames which are now the Calgary Flames they do the same thing they'll wear their jerseys and I think that's pretty much it because then some of these other teams still exist
0: Yeah, there's only a few teams that I actually cared about when I was younger uh, Hartford Brothers because that was the closest one to us uh, in New England there was also Mighty Ducks of course because of the show and the movie um yeah. And Dallas Stars and Calgary Flames. I don't know why. I just, I love the, the logo they had. And I think I like Dallas Stars. Who the reason why I love the Ducks was because of Jean Sebastian Jaguar in 2002, 2003. And one of the greatest goalie seasons, postseasons ever, by the way. If you ever look him up, he's one of the best in the business. He doesn't get talked about much anymore, but he was a great goalie for the Ducks. Okay. Um, So I have uh, the quote of the day today and it's by unknown. And it's, you learn more from failure than from success. Don't let it stop you. Failure builds character. So again, you learn more from failure than from success. Don't let it stop you. Failure builds character. So whatever you may be, don't be afraid to fail, learn from it. And eventually you will be successful. So that's going to do it for us here on episode 16 of the midday madness sports podcast. Don't forget. You can email us at, if I can get my card out, normally have this already out midday sports at gmail.com. That's midday sports at gmail.com. You can listen to us anywhere. You get your podcast and that's going to do it for Noah Pegler and Eric Miller. Thank you again for listening. And until next time.